Welcome to the Learning with Lowell podcast. Today we are joined with Abigail Harrison, an aspiring astronaut, founder of the Mars Generation, host of Ask Abby, 2019's Forbes, one of Forbes' 30 under 30 for education, loves Mars, science, STEM, gave her first TED Talk when she was 16. It's a really good one. So this is the person who we're having on today. Quick note, remember to check out our YouTube channel where there will be a video version of this the Patreon page, and our website where there's really interesting content that's going to be coming out for 2019. So let's get into this. Now, in a lot of your talks, at least the one that I, I really enjoyed, and um, it's, a, it's an older talk, I think it was one of your first ones at, at, at a TED Talk, you, you mentioned a lot of uh, quotes from like Nelson Mandela and other world leaders. And so you're, you're, you're clearly well-read. I'm curious, what are some of the recent things you've read that you enjoy? Yeah, no, that is a good one. Um, recently, I've been doing a lot of reading of old Greek and Roman, you know, some of those classic myths. And so I feel like this sounds really like choosing an easy answer, but I read the Odyssey um, recently and really enjoyed that and thought that there was a lot of connections that could be made. Like you can take each section of that and, and really break it down and um, look at it from different perspectives. So that's one that I recently uh, read and enjoyed. Other than that, it's mostly science fiction. That's mm -hmm. my favorite um, genre, but you don't quite get those powerful quotes from science fiction. Is there a science fiction author you like? I know Arthur C. Clarke has some great stuff. The John Scalzi is really good. I don't know if you're familiar with him as well. Hmm, I haven't heard of Scalzi, um, but of course I've read all the all the classic ones like Clarke. Um, my favorite science fiction author and the one whose book I most recently read, so that ties to your first question as well, is actually Brandon, uh, Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Yeah, he's so great. I will stake my name to the fact that he is the um, best high fantasy writer of our generation. The, did you see that he just wrote a Magic the Gathering book? I don't know if you... <laughs> no, I didn't. Are, yeah, the, he's, he's been... Like he knows the team, like they are familiar with his work and they, they were just like, yeah, you know, do you want to write for us? Like do a little novel. And so he's, uh, for anyone who's like a really, who are really big nerds about Magic the Gathering, he's written a, a little one, the, but his, his books are fantastic. But I think the most successful one for people who are like, what are these books and uh, who should I check out? You know, cause I think people are familiar with the Odyssey. Um, the, I think Mistborn would probably be a pretty accessible one cause it, but I don't know, what, what would you think people should start with? Right. I think that Mistborn is accessible, but it's also part of a series. And so that makes it a little less. So I think that the most successful one for someone who's never read one of his books before and might be a little tentative would be Elantris, um, which was actually, I want to say, the first book that he wrote in this big Arcanum series that he has going on. Uh, and it's a great book for first time Sanderson fans to read because it's not part of a series, because um, having that standalone nature means that you're not tied to finishing anything if you started, it's low stakes, but also mm -hmm. still really good. Yeah, and it's, um, as you alluded to, it's, it's, a part of, it has, it's part of his cosmology, I think is the right word. So it's like, yeah. if, if people are familiar with like Marvel, all, all of the stories more or less share the same universe. And there's mm -hmm. usually like a couple of guys who, or, or guys and ladies who will show up every now and again, um, which is really right. interesting. Especially for his, um, his uh, not King Killer. That's uh, Patrick Rothfuss. His uh, like Way of Kings series. Like yeah. that, we need to learn so much from that uh, about the 
the cosmology of things, but yeah, I think it's called the Cosmere, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea behind that was that when he initially started writing these books, um, I could be wrong on this, but I want to say that I read an in, or I watched an interview somewhere with him where he said that publishers didn't want to take on a huge high fantasy series, like a 15 book long series, because they didn't think that it would sell and it wasn't the right time for that. And so they turned him down and said, but if you give us an individual book, we'll publish that. And so he started breaking his um, ideas down into these smaller packages, but they're still, it's a secret uh, overlying theme that he has going on where, like you said, you can find characters and ideas and um, stuff like that, that run through each of his books. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, the one of the things I think is interesting about science fiction is that it kind of like speaks like inspires real life so like Star Trek made the the synthesizer where you get food and I think people are working on 3d printing food now the you know we have doors that open up like a lot of things that happened in Star Trek like 50 years ago we're, we're making reality so the the it's almost like hard to find something that's science fiction that is really far ahead in the future anymore because of just how fast things are, are developing. Is there, is there something from all your reading that you think that you'll probably, will probably have in like the next 10 or so years that you're excited to have other than going to Mars, I think. Right. <laughs> the next 10 years, that's a hard, it's a hard, it's difficult to put time spans on technological development because we never really know what's going to spark that next um, step. And uh, just deciding that is hard, but I would say within, the near future, so within our lifetimes, we can expect to see, um, hopefully, methods of much quicker space travel. So specifically, the time that it takes you to get not from a planet's surface into orbit, but rather from one orbit to another. Um, I think that that's something that we have a lot of potential to improve. And by improving that, we can Um, mitigate a lot of the negative effects that we have with long-term space exploration by just shortening the time that it takes to get places. Um, That's something you see in a lot of science fiction books and shows and everything. And we're not quite going to get to the point that you would see uh, in those where you have instantaneous or faster than light travel. But I definitely think that we'll see improvements happening uh, within the next couple decades. I think what I think in the last like five years, it's gone from like nine months to get to Mars to like six months. So I, I think if I remember, like I remember, remember when I was, yeah, a while ago, it used to be much longer. So taking a third off, that's pretty good. But yeah, um, so yeah. we'll take another third off because <laughs> really that time in transit is one of the most dangerous and difficult parts of any space mission. Mm-hmm. The so the that's just like a, for people who want to get a sense of you. The something that I was really surprised by. Um, when I was learning about you before the Forbes 30 under 30 is that you do a lot of things really well. And so before we go and talk about how awesome you are, I'm curious, are there things you can't do well that, um, you know, you don't even have to necessarily wish that you could do them well, but you like acknowledge like, I'm not good at driving a truck. I don't know. That's like an example. <laughs> I can't drive a truck very well. Like one of those big semis, but um, I've never tried that. So I can't <laughs> say whether or not I would be good at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There are most definitely things that I'm not good at and that I recognize I'm not good at. Uh, let's see. I am a terrible singer. 
Um, and that actually plays into the next one also, which is that for a long time, I thought that I was tone deaf because I'm just so bad at singing and playing music and all of that. Um, and it turns out that I'm not tone deaf. I just had to learn how to distinguish between different tones and uh, learn some music theory and all of that. Um, and that leads into a hobby of mine that I have that I'm very bad at and that other people definitely wish I did not do, but I still do, which is that I play violin uh, and Irish fiddle, which is a hard instrument if you're not good at it because it is unforgiving. Um, so that's something that I'm definitely not good at. I'm also not good at chemistry. Who'd have thought? I mean, it's a unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunate piece considering the aspirations that I have but thankfully you don't have to be good at every subject and field of science in order to become an astronaut you just have mm -hmm. to be decent and then really good at something else so yeah, I think it, you as long as you know geometry I think like that's the big one you know know how things like if you go off here and you know what angle you need to come in to like land safely and stuff but right. um because no one can be perfect at everything that's yeah when it comes to academic subjects, it's really difficult to, you know, have the same level of innate understanding in every field. Mm -hmm. Chemistry is hard. I, I think chemistry is like one of those subjects that's kind of like magic, where it's like I always feel a little bit like Arthur C. Clarke's quote that something sufficiently advanced seems like magic, but like the ability to break something down to the the smallest parts and we understand that to a great extent. But that I think that's just like crazy. I don't understand it very well. So like, I'm sure there's a number of people who uh, don't understand it as well. But um, one, one thing I am very curious by, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Moana, the, the, the not TV show, the movie where the lady like um, keeps singing, like she goes around the, the island and she keeps going down to the water. Um, I'll probably explain this more than I need to, but the in, in there, it's hard to, the basic idea is hard to see something every day that you're, so something other that draws you to it and then not go and do that thing. And so for someone who has built kind of like a following of getting people like get, not just getting yourself in a position where you can lead those dreams, but also getting other people in a position where, you know, they're excited and passionate to stand up and like, and to do things. I'm curious, how do you, how do you, I guess the, the, the simplest question is like, how do you do that? How do you get people to take in your message and think I can do this too? Or like, how are, how, what are some ways that you found that people really get activated when they hear either a message from you or uh, a message that you're developing with your team? Right. No, that's a great question. Um, I think that the, the key to that is being approachable and being relatable to people. And so one of the main things that I've always intended to do with my online presence and the, work, the educational outreach work that I do is to be honest and truthful with it. And so over the years that I've been doing this, that I've been sharing my journey towards becoming an astronaut and hopefully the first to walk on Mars, uh, I don't just share the good parts. I don't just share the highs or the exciting things. I also share some of the everyday things. Um, and also some of the failures or some of the things that I'm not good at, like you asked earlier. Because I think that if you put out this idea to people that either you are or that they have to be um, good at everything or immediately good at something in order to pursue it or in order to have a passion or an interest in something, 
that's a turnoff because none of us actually are. There, we we all have to start somewhere. We all have to, um, you know, work hard in order to build up skills and career paths and to reach goals and dreams that we have. And the quickest way to lose a dream is to not believe in yourself in the first place. So I try and have this very um, approachable very visual model out there through my platforms that people can see the whole process of going after a dream, not just the parts that would usually um, go over well on social media. I think, I think people really like, I don't know, just like thinking about what you said. I think people generally like the coming of age story where yeah. the, like the hero, like it sucks, you know, like starts out and it's like, kind of like, Oh God, you know, I have a dragon or something. Like how do I get this dragon to stop eating people or whatever? Um, I don't know if that's a, a story per se, but I'm sure there's someone who has who's had a dragon. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so I, I would definitely have to agree that that seems to be very strong. Like not to to censor the bad stuff and only show the good stuff, especially on social media where it's it's really easy to do so. It's really easy to say I'm great at everything, and then and then there's people who are like, well, I'm not great at everything. How do I kind of how can I relate with you? So it seems to be a very effective way, and it definitely mm-hmm. is something that struck me as well. Thank you. Yeah, it's that authenticity that's really important. And I noticed that in a lot of instances over the years, but one that is really easy to convey and understandable is that I get a lot of students, a lot of young people who message me and say things like, um, maybe their initial message is, I also want to be an astronaut. I love science. I love space, blah, 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 blah. But, and then there's this but, and after it, they say, I haven't insert here, got a space camp. I haven't um, taken college classes yet. Like all of these things, or I'm not good at math, things like that. And they say, so I can't do it. I have this dream, I want to, it's the same as yours, but I haven't done this and so I can't accomplish it. And uh, being able to help dispel some of that and to make sure that kids understand that I'm in the same situation that they are, that there are things that I haven't done and that a lot of the things that I have done don't um, put me in a better position, I guess, to become an astronaut than they are. Because at this point, it really is a level playing ground. And I try and make sure that students understand that and that until you start getting into having built your actual career, there's things you can do right now that are helpful and that can definitely attribute to that. But it's not a, a win-all, lose-all situation at this point. So circumstances don't have to be the complete end of this dream. Yeah, and at the same time, I think sometimes when people are hearing someone like you or any of the other guests or are seeing any things you're doing, like you, you didn't, you didn't just like get in a plane one day and know how to fly it, right? Like it took a lot of time before you could safely get in a plane and take off without having there be a problem. I think sometimes people forget that there's a lot that goes into getting someone somewhere and we get to see them like you know i am sure if you posted like every day like hey i'm learning how to fly learn how to fly and then you show that one picture like hey wow i made it like some people might not notice that there was other other you know content that you shared that showed like the struggle but i mean it's there and then they can see it like okay this wasn't you know inherently easy so i think it makes it much more relatable like we're saying and then it shows that like it's not just like one point of time where like someone's great. And I think people assume like, I think Elon Musk is like one of those examples where whenever people, most of the time when people talk about him now, he's, they always say like, Oh, he's always been great. And it's like, 
really no one knew about him for like 10 years. Like he's, he's doing well now. Like his uh, space company is almost, you know, gone out of business a couple of times. And so is Tesla. So it's like, he's not like inherently amazing. Like he works at it and it took time and in a, in a deliberate way. And, and same with you. So I think, I think those are like really important things for people starting out. It's like, sure, there's a mountain ahead of you, but it's a mountain that if you take steps every day and you have support and the people that inspire you, like, you know, that you can keep in your head and be like, oh, you know, what would Abby do? Or, you know, Abby would say, you know, keep on going or something like that. And actually, I, I recently learned, I was reading this thing, it's called like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Or it's like, whenever you make a decision, you think, how would I feel about this in 10 minutes, 10 months, and like 10 years? I th- yeah, 10, 10, 10, not four tens. And so like, it's a good way, like whenever you're at a decision, like, is this a decision I'm gonna be proud of in those timescapes? And then it makes it really helpful. Have you, is that something that, you like is that a, a concept that you use when you make decisions or do you have a similar way of like making decisions before you do it i have to say i hadn't heard of that structure beforehand or it mm-hmm. described in that way but i guess it is innately um tied into how i've lived my entire life and how i've made maybe not every decision but how i aspire to make my decisions because I've had this goal, this huge dream for as long as I can remember, ever since I was you know, a little toddler, I've been growing up knowing that I wanted to do this nearly impossible thing. And so I have always been asking myself, what I'm doing right now, will that help me achieve the future that I want in 20 years, 